This is Keeping Curious, the Genius Shared podcast where each week Liz Strauss or Jane Boyd meets with host Gigi Peterkin to discuss business, life, and all things Genius Shared. Hi, Liz. It's great talking to you today. How are you doing? I'm having a great day. Every day is just a little better than the last. That is wonderful to hear. I think I need to adopt that attitude some days. I don't have it. Um, So, hey, I'm wondering, how are you feeling about the book? It is set to come out September 21st. And for those of you who haven't heard, the book is Anything You Put Your Mind To by Liz Strauss. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. It's just I hear people talking to me about things that I can say, oh, you know, I talk about that in the book, but maybe not the way you expect. (laughs) What's it feel like to be able to say I talk about that in the book? That's kind of cool. Well, yeah, it's it's more fun than saying I talk about that on my blog, but... (laughs) (laughs) So talk to me about the book. I have, I have a little bit of an edge. You guys kindly sent me an, an advanced copy so that we could prepare for this chat. Um, so I've had the chance to, to read it and to enjoy it and love it. Um, talk to me about how it came to you. How long were you living with this book and with Larry and the dog and the girl I call Alice? Um, the first version of this book occurred in 2005 when um, I wasn't getting enough to do at work. So every night I would come home and and write a chapter of the story to entertain myself, some people at work, some other people I knew in publishing um, as far away as the UK and Australia. Um, and it was like every day it's like the next chapter, you got the next chapter, and I would go, yeah, here you go. Um, so that was kind of fun. And as a result, there's all kinds of little mentions throughout of uh, a real people Um, sometimes under their real name and sometimes not to protect the innocent. That's always fun when you can throw in people. Well, I think a lot of authors do that, right? They they build their characters based on people they know. Um, Well, that's not exactly what I meant. I meant that, you know, like on the first page, I make a reference to Craig Capitani, and um, he was my very first boyfriend. He lived across the street, moved in across the street from me when I was five, you know, and and basically that one line, and darn that Craig Capitani for saying I run like a girl, um, is just a throwaway line, but he's a real person. I have no idea where he is, though. I wonder if he'll get to read the book. Maybe he'll maybe he'll read the book and let us know where he is. I don't know. After junior high, he, he sort of went into the Um, Duck Dynasty phase, you know, (laughs) grew the beard and and got on the overalls and and we went to different schools. And so I lost track of him in high school. Wow. Okay. Well, so that's Craig Capitani. So now I get what you're talking about in terms of uh, people in the book. So tell me about Larry and the dog. You know, how much of you is in Larry and the dog and, and Alice and, you know, how much of them were you able just to create? Um... You know, uh, the the very first time I met Steve Farber, I had already read his books, um, Radical Leap and Radical Edge. And um, so I was very excited to be able to sit down to breakfast with him one day that he was in Chicago in around 2007. And uh, the first thing I asked him is, Agnes Gold, a real person? And he sort of looked down and then looked 
up and then looked back at me and said no. And I, I didn't, there was a period of time between, um, and it, well, the book was originally called Larry and the Dog, and so between Larry and the Dog and anything you put your mind to, several years have passed. And, uh, and at the time, I didn't understand Farber's answer in 2007, but, but when, uh, my business partner at the time, about 2010, Terry Starbucker, said, you know, you really got to bring this book out and you need to show it to people. Um, you need to publish it because this is so Liz Strauss. You always zag when everyone expects you to zig. So you really need to publish this. Um, that's when, five years later, when I read it, that I um, uh, realized that I had thought I wrote uh, especially the character of Larry is a composite of two other people I uh, know and feel strongly affectionate towards. Um, but then when I got back five years later, I I realized that everything that Larry says and every look that the dog gives um, were really just me talking to myself, you know. Okay, so Larry and the dog are really inside your head as much as they're inside Alice's. Um, do you go running in your mind? I was really fascinated by the idea of, of running in your mind and that sort of being your uh, morning exercise rather than actually going out and running around the lake. <laughs> um, I mentioned something about this being a, uh, the first line of the book is I go every day, I go running every day except on the days I don't want to, on those days I go running twice. When I read that to my brother, my older brother, he just started laughing uh, the, at the concept that I would be going running anywhere because um, my attitude is there's always another bus. But um, it all started because uh, when we moved back to Chicago and, and got um, uh, this, this wonderful view of the lake, um, my husband started asking me, you're going to go jogging today. Um, and and I would go, no, I already went. And he'd go, oh, really, when? i go, about 5 o'clock this morning, you know. And then you know, as it went on, if you, work, if you work at home and your spouse is at home with you, you invent things, or we just invent things, I guess. Um, and the story started to uh, uh, go grow a little bit into... You know, oh, yeah, and, and today I met this guy with this gorgeous dog, you know, and, oh, really, what was his name? Oh, Larry, you know. Larry was my go-to generic name at the time. And it's sort of then when I decided to start, you know, entertaining myself, writing a chapter a night, it was only natural to start with the story I already had in my head. Um, do I go running in my mind? Yeah, um, there's... Uh, like somewhere around 2005, I wrote a blog post on my writing blog, um, letting me be, that um, was called Zen Sailing, which um, was the whole idea was going on vacation, you know, go Zen Sailing with you in my mind. Uh, but I'm not sure where I picked up the idea. I think it was around college that, you know, if you're really stressed out, take five minutes and go on vacation in your head. And, uh, you know, sorry I'm not here. I'm in Hawaii. Thank you very much. Uh, and that's always served me well when I remember to do it. 
Yeah, when you remember to do it, that's always my key thing too. Um, so, okay, so you're you've got this pattern now of of having a guy named Larry as your go-to. He's a guy maybe that you've met before you sat down to write this. Um, oh no, I never really met him. He, he was a guy I made up. I guess I've I've so bought into this book that when I'm thinking that you just meet him inside your head, it's the same thing, right? It's just if you shook hands. <laughs> Well, that's true. You know, I, I have a very clear picture of, of who he is, what he looks like. And yeah, I, I love the description of him as the oversized sixth grader and how succinctly, while it'll paint maybe a different picture for everybody, I, I think that we'd all kind of come to a similar conclusion for what an oversized sixth grade male would be like. It just locks in an image so quickly in just a few short words. Well, you know, I once uh, went to the National Middle School Teachers Conference because I was working in educational publishing, and that year they had a T-shirt, the top ten reasons to love teaching middle school, and my favorite was number four, hormones with feet. <laughs> I'm living with one of those now. I think I need a T-shirt. <laughs> exactly. Wow, hormones with feet. Yeah, Larry's... um. Larry's an interesting guy. So, I, so okay. So, where I was going with this was, um, you know, I, I love the idea that you've you've had this story. It's been around for a while. Um, you know, Terry's telling you you have to publish it, and and I think a few people who we mutually know have, have called this a book that only Liz Strauss could write um, because it does zig, I guess, when you when you want it to zag. Um, what do you yeah, think well, about that? What do you think about it being a book that only you could write? Well. Um... Z zagging here for a minute. Um, everybody wanted me to write a business book, and and I kept saying, you know, no, the book I'd really like to write is Larry and the Dog. I'd like to, you know, write Larry and the Dog, and and even you know, a pretty high level agents uh, who wrapped people that you and I know and have read, you know, who get six figure advances, um, really love the book, but she wanted me to write the business book first and uh, you know a really good friend of mine who has a tv show same thing you need to write the business book first because of course in the world of marketing that makes sense because i have a what's been called a business blog you know and i already have an audience there and i had an event there but um uh, the, my heart wasn't in it, so every time I tried to pull together the content, I was constantly wanting to revise it and find another reason because uh, it wasn't interesting to me. Whereas Larry and the Dog, uh, the whole tone of the story and the smart aleck side asides, um, the, the first line, you know, I go running... Uh, first few lines, I go running every day except the days I don't want to. On those days, I go running twice, which pretty much sets the tone of the book, which is balanced between somewhere between my my head, my heart, and my sense of humor, you know? And so that's why we, we spent a long time working on what the tagline would be because it's not a how-to book, it's not a, a, a business book, but it's more than a novel, you know? It's not a novel or just a story. It's, it's sort of like a, a parable, you know? Um, and that's why we ended up with the tagline, An Adventure in Remembering. We decide the stories that decide our lives. Um, and that's really what I figured out the book was about. 
um, that I had written, that, that, that's the problem I solved by writing the book, um, remembering that, you know, the stories we believe about ourselves are the stories that actually define our lives. That's, I, I think that, you know, I, I shared a, a picture of this on Facebook with a little, an excited little blurb about it. And it's funny because people who, who don't know you, who have asked me about this book, and I can count on, you know, it's at least on both hands, so that's 10 for those of you keeping track. Um, they all were talking to me about the tagline. That tagline was really intriguing and, and resonating with people for different reasons. You know, these are entrepreneurs and stay-at-home moms and people at different parts of their lives. So I found it interesting that they keyed in on that so quickly, and it, it made me think, wow, you guys really nailed it with coming up with that tagline. Well, you know, that was the last part of the book that was written, I think. And possibly the hardest. So so thinking about the stories that, that we tell ourselves and that they decide our lives, I was going back and, and rereading Genius Shared newsletters, and you wrote a piece about naming your fear. And once you can name it, I guess you can overcome it. And, and how getting back into writing, and especially writing online, you know, was a big deal for you. Um, I've got two questions. I'm curious if writing the book was a catharsis and sort of helped with that. And when you came back online, it seems like that audience was there just waiting for you and just jumped right back in with you. So my second question I'll let you think about is, what did you think about that? How did you feel? Well, to answer in the order they came, um, I, not, to, not to misunderstand, um, I, I wasn't afraid of the audience. I, I've, you know, I got over that. In, you know, you grow up being different all your life, and you, you learn to deal with other people's reactions to you in your own way. If you get to be my age and you haven't figured that out, you're not going to be writing online, and you're not going to be writing a book, the end of story. It was more my fear that I wasn't going to um, be able to satisfy myself and bring to it the energy and the vulnerability that, um, that I, as a writer, feel I need to do to write well. Um, so I was waiting until I could come with my energy and my clear voice, which after uh, a very hellish experience of dealing with cancer that actually took my physical voice for several months and, and took my energy for longer than that because of weird complications and broken bones and things. I didn't want to come back and then fall off again and then come back and then fall off again. When I came back, I wanted to respect the audience enough to be back, you know, and not let them test the waters with me, you know, know that I was back and I was going to be back. So that was sort of a fear I was having with myself, not necessarily with the audience. With their response, okay. Right. Um, a weird thing happened when I was... I had gotten diagnosed in October of 2012 and, and sort of, I think I quit writing by January of 2013 because that's when I started to go in for the 10 radiation treatments a week, every other week for five weeks while still doing massive chemotherapy. Uh, and thank you, Rosemary O'Neill, for um, taking on the task of keeping the blog alive. Um, but what I was going to say is the following March, so six months I'd been offline, uh, 
Hayden Shaughnessy put out his list, which is a very analytically uh, brought together list of people who are influencers online for Forbes, and and I actually gained several points, where many of my friends who'd been online for those six months, um, you know, like lost several points, uh, and so I thought, oh, okay, I got this down. If I just want to, you know, get further up, all I have to do is. Don't write anymore. Stop Ever. talking. Exactly. Just shut up, which was at that time kind of a unique thing to do in the world of social media. So there's been two kind of surprises coming back. And one is, yeah, you're right. I am kind of surprised at how many people um, have sort of reignited the fire that quickly. I'm sort of not surprised at how many people um, don't even know that I left. Uh, despite the fact that I was off close to four years. Uh, you know, it was like I was still getting remarks um, on the occasional event in Chicago where people would come up to me and say, I love your sunrise photos. And, and I would be thinking, yeah, I haven't taken one for like, th put one up for like two and a half years, you know. <laughs> I watch them every day, they'd say, you know. <laughs> And now they're back, which is really awesome. I, it makes my morning seeing those sunrise photos back. Do, do you think it's the consistency and the constancy with which you were there before that allowed people to sort of fill it in their heads? Ironic that you should choose fill it in their heads, basically. It might be, you know. Um, I don't really know. I mean, it's certainly been kind of wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, th I think you were right to use both of those words, consistency and constancy. My story has been slow to change online, but has always had like the same sort of heart. Although it's gotten more mature in the last 10 years, it's still, uh, it's still molded itself around the same basic values. Mm -hmm. So you're still you. I think I am. I think you are. Yeah. So we've got people who, you know, are going to be reignited. Um, successful blog is, of course, still around. And now we've got this book. How do you think people are going to react to this book that only Liz Strauss could write and defies categorization, but is yet so fun and whimsical and a parable, I think, is a great description? You know, my experience is that anyone I care about is going to love it, and the rest are going to have a happy life without it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I've had pretty positive reaction from uh, both people I know and people I don't know at, at levels that I highly respect. When Tim Sanders called it gonzo fiction, um, I was delighted um, and thought it was wild. That's a great, that Hunter S. Thompson reference, that's a great reference. I love it. Yeah, to be compared to Hunter S. Thompson is pretty awesome. I actually saw an interview on New Year's Eve, like 2003, 2004, one of the PBS stations, I'm sure. I ran an interview with Hunter S. Thompson. It was lovely black and white, filmed on his, you know, very New England front porch of his house. You know, that was sort of wainscoting up to the windows kind of thing. And he was asked the question, um, because he was such a great journalist that he did the job thoroughly and well and researched as well as wrote, whether it was harder to um, research or harder to write. And he gave the best answer. And I've actually written two or three blog posts about it over the years because um, 
It's not just a good answer about writing, it's a good answer about leadership as well. He said, it's easier to research because no one can help me write. Mm. And likewise in leadership, no one can help you lead. Wow, that's a that's a great answer. I always go to the Dorothy Parker quote that, you know, writers hate writing, they love having written. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that one too, and I'm trying to think of uh, who said, writing's easy, just open a vein. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who said, sounds very Hemingway, but I don't think he said it. No, it, it was somebody's last name begins with a G, but I can't remember. Um, we're going to have to look that up. Audience, if you know, leave a comment below the podcast. Send us a note. Tell us who wrote, who said that quote. Or don't. Or don't. Yeah, I know. It's true. I'm not the boss of you. But it would be fun to see. Who knows? Um, well, I love that I'm getting the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you for inviting me along for the Keeping Curious podcast. I love it. Definitely looking forward to the book being available so that everybody else can have the experience of going running inside their mind and taking that journey with Alice. Yeah, well, you'll have to come back again so that you can get back inside my mind and, and we can talk. I love that I can get inside your mind. I always tell you that you're inside mine. This is like, you know, the tables are turning. But I, I'd like to take a second and think, because the book is called Anything You Put Your Mind To. And next time I, I do want to talk to you about the title, I'll give a little tease. But if there was something this week that people listening to this could put their mind to, what would you ask them to do? Oh, well, I would ask them to look forward to buying a copy of the book, but beyond that, <laughs> um, to maybe let's talk about the idea of fear and understanding that fear and trust don't ever exist in the same environment. And so if you fear doing something, it's probably because you don't trust yourself. And so put a few minutes to the next time when you encounter fear to um, check out what it is you think you fear and, and ask yourself why you don't trust it. All right, guys, let's, um, I think I'll give that a go too. I never really thought about fear in terms of trust. So I'm going to put my mind to that. So thanks for your time today, Liz, and for this chat. And I look forward to the next one. I'll be there. All righty. Bye, everyone. Keeping Curious, featuring Liz Strauss and Jane Boyd, is a product of Genius Shared and Genius Shared Press, produced by Genius Shared, hosted and edited by Gigi Peterkin. To learn more about Genius Shared products, including the Keeping Curious podcast, visit successful-blog.com. <laughs>